Hi, I'm Graham. And I'm Chris. And this is our surprise Christmas edition of Pet Shop Boys In Depth, the number one podcast for Pet Shop Boys fans all over the world. We wanted to surprise Pet Shop Boys fans with a special podcast to say thank you to you and to everyone that's listened to the podcast over the course of the year and everyone that's reached out to say hello or share their stories with us on social media. It's really made our 2023. Yep, it certainly has, and we hope this gives you something to listen to while you're peeling the sprouts, putting up the decorations, wrapping your presents, or even struggling with your relentless jigsaw. We've had so much fun putting this together, finding PSB links with Christmas over the years, and of course taking another trip down memory lane. We hope you enjoy listening to it as much as we have making it. And it's a great opportunity, Graham, for me to credit you with the idea of making these podcasts in the first place. I'd never imagined it'd be something that we could get up and running and people would actually listen to. No, me neither. But it's been a lot of hard work, kind of like having a second job. One of life's great opportunities. But without making lots of money. United by a shared love of one band, can two amateurs like us produce a Christmas podcast befitting the world's greatest synth-pop duo? There's only one way to find out. So Chris, do you want to tell the listeners where we are? Are you going to do that all? Uh, all no, episode? I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it down now. <laughs> well, we're not in the shed, Graham. We're in your lounge. You've very graciously invited me over to your house. It is a Christmas scene and a half. So of course you've got the decorations up and it's looking great. The tree is twinkling. You've got a roaring open fire, um, which looks and sounds and smells very Christmassy. I approve of that. <laughs> Have you noticed the weather's taken a change? We've even got the snow coming down outside. <laughs> yes, yes, I can see it. Okay. Oh, yes, it's settling, isn't it's, it? It is, it's settling. <laughs> and also, I swear I could hear some sleigh bells earlier, unless, of course, someone's playing uh, the 12-inch version of One More Chance <laughs> in a back bedroom somewhere. I, I'm going to say, in this house, I don't think anybody else will be playing that, so... Uh, well, here's a glass of mulled wine. We should get into the spirit of that, oh, which is kind. yeah, which cheers. is cheers, which is kind of appropriate, seeing as we had drinks the first time that we met in the pub back That's in true. February. Yeah, uh, and we've got some gifts under the tree as well. well yeah, so, I've brought mine over. Yeah, I'm looking forward to exploring them more. Though I can't help notice that you've brought a second sack with you. Did you know what kind of second sack it was? I, I did. Yes, it's a, a super tote sack, That's if I'm right. not mistaken. Yes, from the pop-up shop in London when Super was released back in 2016, and I brought a few items from my archive, Graham, that have played a role in my Pet Shop Boys Christmases over the years. Ooh, interesting. Well, we can't have a Christmas party without crackers and party hats, so I've made us both a hat. (laughs) (laughs) That is a work of art. (laughs) Shall I describe it? You should definitely describe it, yeah. Maybe not the quality of it. Maybe the... Well, I I think it's brilliant. (laughs) It's a Can You Forgive a Conical hat. Not quite to scale. In fact, I think on my head it's going to look a little lost. But your attention to detail, other than that, is fantastic. It's got the orange stripe running all the way around. It's it. actually running around in the correct way as well. There's a very specific way it runs clockwise rather than anti clockwise. There, I'm oh. put, putting mine on. Oh, How does fantastic. that look? It looks fantastic. <laughs> I'll put mine on as well. There we go. Over your headphones. Over my headphones, yeah. <laughs> if you want to grab that cracker as well. Crackers as well. We've got crackers, right. yeah. So you'll see that falling out of there is a very special Pet Shop Boys joke. So these are Pet Shop Boys crackers? They are indeed, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, there's a joke. Come on then. What is Chris's favourite Christmas drink? I don't know what is Chris's favourite Christmas drink. You do know, because you wrote this. (laughs) Don't you know what? My wife wrote that. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a gin. It's a gin. That's a proper Christmas joke, isn't it? Oh, good God. You've got the other one. Then. I've got the other one, yeah. Where did Neil used to get his Christmas haircut? Go on. West End Curls. West End Curls? <laughs> Just your wife again? No, I wrote that oh, one. Oh, okay. I should probably blame her on that one. <laughs> okay, well, things can only get better. <laughs> I think so, yeah. So, we've got the hats, we've got the drinks, we've pulled the crackers. We should probably get on with the podcast. So you'll see from all the Christmas decorations, I love Christmas, and there is something extra special when it's got a Pet Shop Boys flavour. And when you dig into that history, there's been actually quite a few Christmas songs and Christmas moments, haven't there? But I think we'd all agree that peak Christmas PSB was 1987, when Always On My Mind reached number one. And I think in this podcast, Graham, I'd love it if we could celebrate Christmas 1987 all over again. Well, you know I made fun of your scrapbooks. Yes, I do remember that. (laughs) Well, it's time to get your own back, because I've brought something very special along. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, 1987 is the only year that I've ever kept a diary. And oh my god! It, yeah, and in between detailing records of working in the petrol station, uh, right, catching buses to either town or college, yeah, yeah, uh, I documented quite a lot of Pet Shop Boys activity. In particular, the release and success of Always on My Mind. Right, past that here. So <laughs> you it, are. I can see you're in shock. Huh? It, it's a navy blue hardback British Telecom. <laughs> I know that dates it immediately, diary, doesn't it? No, 1987. Yeah, I love the fact that you've got uh, was it Panini. Is that who did the Stickers. I don't know where that sticker came from. I assume it must have come from Smash Hits, if I'm being honest, or it must have come from a magazine. Uh, yeah, maybe it's Smash Hits, but there's a Pet Shop Boys sticker on there the front is. of that. So I could tell what your priorities were back in 1987, because you've got a Pet Shop Boys sticker on the front of your diary. That's fantastic. I didn't open this. Are we actually going to oh, wait, no, wait through this? Def- definitely, yeah. Well, I've, I've kind of highlighted, you'll see, a few items and a few choice entries. Wow. Quite a lot of the things that we've covered on the podcast, to be honest. So I document the BPI performance. Right. I mean, these are, I only get one-line mentions. I'm not doing full critiques at this stage, <laughs> I should say. Uh, it's not, uh, this no. isn't where you've been mining, uh, get, getting all your script <laughs> ideas from. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I document the rent performance at the Palladium. Brilliant. And all the singles that come out it is definitely a treasure a trove of information. So how old were you in 1987? It covers being 16 and 17. Oh, wow, okay. So it's my first and second year at Sixth Form College. So I, I was, I mean, as you're, <laughs> you'll know that what I'm about to say. I'm sli- I was slightly younger, so I, I was 12 uh, at around this point. Reading it back, I do seem to visit fish and chip shops a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, I, and I also need to correct something reading things back. Over this podcast, over the last 12 episodes, I've talked about buying records in mm. Huddersfield but my diary constantly talks about being unable to get cassette singles and 12 inches and having to go to Leeds and Manchester for stuff. And you'll see this is no different for Always On My Mind. So this is 13th of November. You say, next Pet Shop Boys single to be a cover of Elvis Is Always On My Mind. I mean, that it doesn't get any more factual than that. That is factual. <laughs> and then quite a boring day, me and Pewey went to town. He bought a second-hand jacket. That was, that's, again, he's 1987 in a nutshell. 22nd of November, so yeah. you're covering for Andrew. So, so is that the petrol station? This will be at the petrol station, uh, yeah. Ended up working all night, all yeah. night. Oh, well, Go all on. night meant 9pm, I think. Okay. <laughs> 
got to hear new Pet Shop Boys single, which is ace. Yeah, look at that. Uh, you've you've underlined it with an arrow, and you've added the comment unbiased view. Yeah, well, there you go. Balance, Steve, in those days. I, I, I wondered who you thought was going to be reading uh, <laughs> this again. I'll be honest, nobody's read this since that day, I would say. Now, it sounds like you're hunting for your own copy of Always On My Mind. You can see here, Monday the 30th of November, economics was cancelled, came home in afternoon, couldn't find Pet Shop Boys. Yes, I know. So I should add, I would have been looking for the cassette single at this point. Oh, okay. So, so this clearly wasn't a format that the record retailers of Huddersfield believed in, I don't think. <laughs> the newfangled cassette single. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's another update. Tuesday yeah. the 1st of December, you're yeah. shopping still in vain, yeah. still couldn't find PSB. Oh, dear me. Wednesday the 2nd, planned Christmas edition of what? Yeah, what was our sixth form college magazine that we set up? Oh, all which, right. It was mainly gossip about other students, I think. <laughs> That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> Still couldn't find PSB. Golly, no, this I is know. becoming a preoccupation, know, isn't it? I know. Another mention here Sunday, 6th of December. Pet Shop Boys straight in at number four. Would have been higher if I'd have managed to buy it. Oh, and you made a note of the charts here. I like that. I've, I've made a list of the charts all the way through I it. I like that. That's yeah. uh, the kind of thing I was up to at that, that, <laughs> uh, that time. Number three, Michael Jackson, The Way You Make Me Feel. Yeah. Brilliant track. Yeah. Rick Astley's cover of Nat King Calls When I Fall In Love. That was number two. Yeah. Number one, so Sunday 6th of December, number one was To Pow's China In Your Hands. <sighs> Can remember everybody playing that. Uh, at, uh, that I, I like that song. I even bought the album. <laughs> um, so you didn't get to buy it week of release then. No, and if you read on further, you'll see where I did get it from. Wednesday the 9th of December. Oh, yeah. So for context, and I won't mention her name, but my girlfriend at the time was attending an interview at Oxford University. So it says, set fire to kitchen, only exaggerating, went to work, Girlfriend has bought PSB cassette single. For you? For me, yes. Oh, 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 that's great. So, yeah, so it was purchased in Oxford, which if you think back to Hoping for a Miracle and the lyric in there, which is, a meadow in Oxford where you sat in the sun, the expectation you'd be number one. Ah, okay. So so there was certainly an expectation that it would be number one, and and actually that purchase was crucial. (laughs) Because if you go to the 13th of December, and the entry reads, Mm. went to garage, came home, Oh, yes, and Pet Shop Boys, number one. And I've written that, look at this, in big red words right across the diary entry for that day. (laughs) So this is the week before the Christmas chart then, isn't it? So that's not the Christmas number one. No, this Uh, is the week before. Have you scribbled who else is in the top three? The top three then was Rick Astley, number two. Okay. And Michael Jackson, number three. So those two are still clinging on in there. And then Rick's kind of snapping at the heels, isn't he? Yeah, I'd forgotten that the Christmas chart was the second week at number one. Do remember hearing that Christmas chart for the first time on the radio in the car? We were parked up. We were going to. Did you ever go to Mr. Dobbs Pizza Restaurant? No, I, I very rarely came over to Halifax. No, I don't even know where that is. Okay, well, it's it's not around anymore. But if you wanted a pizza in Halifax in 1987, <laughs> you, you went to Mr. Dobbs basically. <laughs> so this must be what Sunday, the 20th of December. Bruno Brooks, remember yes, Bruno Brooks do, did, yes, the, yeah. did the top forty. That chart battle was so exciting at the time. Who would have been Christmas number one? You know, Pet Shop Boys, as we've established, already had that top spot. Rick was there, snapping at the heels. Of course, the Pogues and Kirsty McCall were in the top yes. ten with Fairy Tale of New York. Kim Wilde and Mel Smith, the comedian, again, they were in the top ten with Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. That was a comic relief record. So, you know, it was very much all to play for. And Graham, with all that in mind, yeah. let me just have a fumble in my super tote bag of Christmas goodies. Yeah. Take a look at this old cassette. 
another cassette. Oh, right, okay. And what does it? So what does it say on it? It says Christmas chart, nineteen eighty-seven. Yes. Let me put this into the machine, which I conveniently have. I can't believe you've got a cassette player I full know, stop. I can't believe I have a cassette player as well. So I'm guessing that it might be queued up. So if I press play, what's going to come out of here? take you right back doesn't it yeah i haven't heard his voice in in so long i do remember it must have been mid 90s i used to play in a band we used to play in uh, yates's wine lodges up and down the country and uh, bruno brooks came to see us in the leeds one i think that's the only time i've uh, personally met bruno brooks <laughs> <laughs> he makes it in my diary somewhere reading through it he must have played at one of the nightclubs in huddersfield jet sets or videotech you're too young and too halifax to know what they're too are. halifax <laughs> too halifax yeah I, I think he's also on the ufo mix of it must be obvious as well <laughs> if you listen really carefully before that radio one noise gets petered out and taken over by the aliens i I think that's i think it is bruno, that's bruno brooks. brooks i never I realized so. that <laughs> <laughs> so graham my reason for bringing this cassette over is i thought that we could recreate some of that 1987 christmas excitement and we can have our own top 10 countdown of pet shop boys christmas moments Ooh, yes nice will always on my mind still be number one. Oh, i'm not sure i can go through that all over again it was bad enough in 1987 wasn't it uh, and more than that <laughs> i've uh, i've got a bit carried away so it's not a top 10 it's a top 12 oh right so it's some sort of top 12 12 days of christmas uh, hybrid festive <laughs> countdown yeah maybe that's what i was doing well forget your drummers drumming mm-hmm. ladies dancing pipers piping let's count down the 12 days of neil and christmas <laughs> <laughs> right so to start on the 12th day of christmas and the pet shop boys track that i've arbitrarily put at number 12 <laughs> in our christmas countdown is number 12 night song night song Maybe not the most obvious Pet Shop Boys track, but let's have a look at its Christmas credentials. It's right there in the lyrics, Graham. Evening's nearly here, like Christmas every year. Yeah, it's a good choice, and it is a solid Christmas reference. We discussed in the Yes podcast, didn't we, that yep. it's from the stage adaptation of My Dad's a Birdman by David Ellman. Uh, the book is actually set in spring, right? but it was performed as a Christmas play at the Young Vic Theatre, which ran between the 25th of November and the 1st of January, 2010-2011. I wonder if that's why the song's got a Christmas reference in it. So what we're saying is solid Christmas credentials. I think it's definitely solid, yeah. I mean, and we would say if you've got children or if you're just a big kid, we would recommend buying this book, though, wouldn't we, as a stocking yeah, filler? Very it much. really does bring those songs to life. Another reason for this being at number 12, Graham, do you remember it was initially a 2010 fan club Christmas gift? So you got to access this track as a fan club download? Oh, uh. no, no, you don't You don't remember, do you? I don't remember, Because no. you were too cool to be uh, too, in the fan club. Too cool, I was stood in the corner being cool, yeah, yeah, too cool. <laughs> I know I have said that, but I do always feel as though I missed out 
certainly on all the free secret fan club stuff. I mean, all that stuff looked great. Well, Graham, miss out no longer because the next item in my Christmas sack is... Oh, this is a, this is a big folder, I have to say. Yeah, so these are all the Christmas cards, basically, oh, that were sent out look to, at that. to fan club members. Wow. So this was between uh, 1989 and 2013. Well, just look at that. I mean, I've got a bit of space over there. You could just put them all there on the windowsill if you want. Leave them over Christmas. I've never put all these up at once. That would be quite uh, something, wouldn't it? So from 2013 onwards, they opted to just send these out digitally. Yes, yes. They do send them out to, I don't know, friends and family and industry movers and shakers. Um, Podcast hosts. (laughs) That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Everything crossed. Let's just have a look here. So this is the first one that was sent right. out to um, fan club members, Graham. Quite a nice. Do you want to describe it? Well, it's Neil and Chris on the front cover. They are both bedecked in Christmas lights and they are both holding a dog. Yeah, so that's Bubbly's the dog. And you might recognise Bubbly's not just from this Christmas card, but from the inner sleeve of Introspective. Yes, of course, yeah. And, so I was trying to think where else I remembered him from, did you ever see Pet Shop Boys on Going Live? So this was Christmas 1988. They took, for some reason, (laughs) took bubblies along (laughs) with them. And famously, he attacked God and the gopher. (laughs) So, Graham, that's just obviously one of many cards that I've got here. But let's, let's leave it there for now. We'll have a good flip through in a little bit. But thinking about Going Live... Have you watched those clips recently? Oh, they're they're just fantastic, aren't they? We probably should say this is the BBC's Saturday morning children's programme that used to just take over the whole morning from about 9 o'clock to 12 o'clock. Saturday morning TV. They don't have it now, do they? No, no, it was brilliant. It would just be a mixture of films, cartoons, special guests, usually pop stars. stars. It was all completely live, so anything could happen. And that was the kind of thrill of it, wasn't it? That that spontaneity. Yeah, well, I mean, you mention it. They talk about the music plays forever, but actually when you go back and look at those clips, they're ju- those little festive exchanges, they're just fascinating, aren't they? I, th- I think they got into the habit of um, every Christmas edition, whether they had something to promote or not. There they were, Neil and Chris on Saturday morning <laughs> TV, going live, live and kicking. They must have lived locally. <laughs> kind of convenient to I, go I, in. I just remember it almost being part of Christmas, really, the fact that Neil and Chris would pop up on Saturday morning TV. You see, I'm starting to work a little bit now. One of my shifts were Saturday morning so that was one of the things I had to give up the Saturday morning TV I mean they're great I mean if you watch the 1987 one yeah you know which is as we're saying peak PSB that one's fantastic they have them reviewing the, the singles yes. of that week so Neil's in full smash hits review mode yeah and the rest of the guests I mean it's just so eight there's Ben from Curiosity Killed the Cat trying to be super cool and, yeah, and you know, yeah. sort of in the background Christopher Biggins you know <laughs> in full pantomime day mode who looks no different to what it looks now <laughs> <laughs> We're short of another guest. Who do we get? Oh, is the newsreader Michael Burke available? Wow. <laughs> so he comes in, he's reviewing singles. And then, yes. wait for it, Rick Astley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've watched this as well uh, recently, Graham. So the singles that they review are Belinda Carlisle's Heaven is a Place on Earth. Yep. That's my favourite, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Christian's Ideal World uh, and Wally Jump Jr.'s Tighten Up. So that's a, an early house record. That's Neil's favourite of the bunch. I think Arthur Baker was uh, involved in the, right. in the production or, right. or the remix of that, so obviously that plays into yes. Neil's kind of territory there. But Neil wasn't a fan of the others. <laughs> no. <laughs> Didn't no. rate Belinda Carlisle. No, no, no. And I think this is the day before 
the Christmas chart was announced. I have to say, Rick doesn't look happy. No. At one point, I think Philip Schofield, he's the one who's hosting, he actually asks Neil and Rick if there's any tension between them. <laughs> Neil answers no, uh, clearly in a manner that suggests that he knows that Rick isn't a threat to him at number one. <laughs> Rick does look particularly grumpy, doesn't oh, he? absolutely, yeah. And I, I think I can shed a little bit of All light right, on this. Okay. So it must have been around this point... EMI, so Pet Shop Boys Record Company, reissued Nat King Cole's original version of When I Fall in Love, specifically to cannibalise Rick's sales. (laughs) I mean, that's a brilliantly sneaky trick, isn't it? Yeah, I think I'd I'd forgotten that. Yeah, that is a terrible trick, isn't it? (laughs) All's fine in love and war and Christmas (laughs) chart single battles. (laughs) The clip that I love as well is from 1991, so this is still going live. This is where they take questions over the phone and from the children who were in the studio audience. And one of the phone questions is, why do you wear different clothes for each record release? And Chris has this brilliant answer, which is, because otherwise they all sound the same. (laughs) (laughs) And then they're back in 1992. What have they got to promote in 1992? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. But here they are again. It's clearly a Christmas tradition. Neil says that he has got the family coming over for Christmas. But interestingly, they're the ones doing the cooking. I I don't think I'd manage (laughs) to get away with that. I'm not not sure I could get away with that either. I think the other great clip is from 1993 when they performed I Wouldn't Normally Do This Kind of Thing with Trevor and Simon. Yeah, this is a great one. You should probably say who who Trevor and Simon were. So they were the kind of show's in-house comedians, really, where they would just mess around with guests and just get up to no good generally, really. They were funny, though. They were very, very funny, definitely, yeah. They're performing the song in the pink outfits that they wear in the video. And, And the wigs. And the wigs and everything. You watch it for half of it and you think this is just a normal performance and then you realise either Trevor or Simon, I never know which was which, I no. kind of get, always get them confused, uh, that one of them is dressed up as Chris. So Chris isn't even there, but one of them is and they just basically start messing around. Definitely had me fooled. I remember it being quite a shock when suddenly he starts banging on the keyboard <laughs> and essentially knocking it over, doesn't yeah. it? It all just descends into chaos and they have to cancel the song. Neil does comedy, I think, <laughs> halfway through it. Yeah, you don't often see them doing comedy, do you? Definitely got the spirit of Morecambe and Wise in it, don't you think? Back to that kind of Christmas link. Yes, absolutely. And talking of I wouldn't normally do this kind of thing (laughs) is I wouldn't normally do this kind of thing. Is that a Christmas song? Well, (laughs) no, it's not a Christmas song, (laughs) but it was a Christmas hit. Well, yeah, it was there in the Christmas chart, 1993, number 20. Yeah. Uh, Well, if you don't like that, you definitely won't like... Number 10. Number 10. Yeah. Was it worth it? Was it worth it, So, right. 1991, in the Christmas chart, was it worth it, was number 27. And... Yeah. Number 9. Number 9. Yeah. West End Girls, in 1985, West End Girls was number 4 in the Christmas chart. Well, OK, I can get with that one. <laughs> Bearing in mind that I spent my Christmas money on actually getting it to number 1, so, uh, so <laughs> you're, yeah, I can... <laughs> you were responsible for the West End Girls' success I'm, and the Always On My Mind Absolutely, I'm pivotal to both. It must have been teenagers like you going out after Christmas with their Christmas vouchers to Our Price or Smith's and buying it that maybe boosted it up to number one. Definitely, yeah. And, and here it is, in fact. I brought it along. Yes. So the 12-inch West End Girls. No picture cover. No enlarged hole. No fancy versions. <laughs> Just a great record that I bought at Christmas time. That's my first Pet Shop Boys purchase. And who'd have thought that we would be talking about it 38 years later? Well, you've kept it in decent condition it's as not, well. It's not too bad, is it? <laughs> It'll have been played a lot as well. 
I think the interesting thing about the sleeve, though, is how much of a design classic it's yeah. become. I mean, even just the Sleaford Mods cover of it, which has used the same element from it. That's you know, right. All it is just some text on a block with some pattern behind it, and all of a sudden it just looks instantly like it. It still and looks great. Yeah, and it, it just it's, still looks great, absolutely. It, it even reduced to that little square on it's, the Spotify and streaming yeah. platforms, it, it looks brilliant. Yeah. Graham, we should go back to my little pile of Christmas cards yeah. here. Um, we just mentioned, was it worth it? Yeah. Uh, obviously, that was in the Christmas chart in 1991. This was the Christmas card that Pet Shop Boys sent out at that time. And you'll see it's actually a mobile. Wow, look at that. If you can imagine, you're, you've, I don't know if I'm hanging that from yeah. my centrepiece yeah. yeah. in my lounge shall at I, Christmas. Well, shall I hold? I'll hold Chris. And do you want to describe what it is, Well, I think these are the dolls that are on the front cover, aren't they? That's that, right. that were made for them by a Japanese, Japanese fan, fan, I think. I think yeah. And they would be suspended from a, a card that reads Merry Christmas from Pet Shop Boys, and presumably these would just hang... Oh, and signed as well, no less. Uh, it's a printed signature, ah, I think. Ah, right, OK. But, but the, the, the um, kind of good. sentiment's there, yeah. isn't it? So it would hang down, so you would be able to hang a mobile from your roof and these little characters would just twist around. That's right. Did you have it mounted in your... I, uh, I, I've probably had it hung up in my bedroom, but not since. Maybe no. I need to resurrect it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. No, definitely. That's a great thing. And again, moving away from the kind of traditional Christmas card design, Graham, this was another one that I thought I should show you. So this is the one from Christmas <laughs> 1999. <laughs> What do you think to that? I'm guessing this is the nightlife era. That's it looks right. like a make-your-own-hat that yeah. you can that stretches out and you can wrap around and fix on and, and wear, yes. no less. So it's basically the nightlife wig and eyebrows, isn't wig it? Wig and eyebrows, yes. Yeah. So if you position that correctly, you can make those eyebrows just be your own eyebrows. <laughs> That's fantastic. And sight, well, and printed signature again on the back, which I, is nice. I don't remember wearing that at the family Christmas table back in the day, Graham, but maybe I need to put that to rights uh, this Christmas. Okay, so that's enough Christmas cards for the moment, Graham. Back yep. to back to the chart. Yeah. And the eighth day. So this is a maybe a homage to Christmas parties and that, that little bit of Christmas overindulgence. Okay. Number eight. So number eight, this is You Only Tell Me You Love Me When You're Drunk. Do you remember they kind of cleverly released this post-party season to get it into the top ten? So actually it did get to number eight back in the year 2000. Do you remember that January releases meant you could have really big hits with quite low sales? Yes. Particularly, I remember Iron Maiden getting to number one with Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter. <laughs> well, we claimed in episode three, didn't we, that introspective was their prog rock album yeah, are yeah. we suggesting that drunk is their contribution <laughs> to heavy metal <laughs> well talking of drinking we should probably have another drink in episode 8 you went off on one about what was the most PSB bridge yes yes I did I made no apology for that no 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 well what's the most PSB drink <laughs> okay so I've been trying to give this some thought drinks don't appear very often in songs my initial thought was beer which obviously appears in Sexy Northerner okay. but I think there's only one reference for beer I mean I know people will tell us we've obviously got gin and jag which is another drink but I think the biggest drink mentioned is champagne, which is kind of quite appropriate. Yeah, as soon as you mentioned that, I started thinking of champagne. So we've got monkey business, champagne and red wine. Well, I guess that's two, isn't it? I don't realise that. That's a recipe yeah. for a headache, isn't it? <laughs> champagne yeah. and red wine. Yeah, we're going to have a party. You can <laughs> have a headache. <laughs> to step aside uh, and think of all the champagne that I drink with all. Yeah. Yeah, and the Sodom and Gomorrah show. I lived a quiet life, a stranger to champagne. Although yeah. I think we've seen they're not strangers to champagne. And I think drinking champagne also features in a few videos as well. They're certainly drinking it in the Being Boring video. Yeah. Quick Christmas quiz. Okay. Yeah. 
Three songs where the lyrics reference drinking. Oh, golly. So three Pet Shop Boys. So not necessarily specific drinks, because you've just mentioned a few of those. It's a Christmas spirit. I'm happily taking anything. (laughs) Right. So as soon as you said that, Graham, there's two songs sprang to mind. Both pub settings or pub references. The Resurrectionist. It's something like We Had a Drink and then a couple more at The King of Denmark and The Fortune of War. Yeah, yeah. I'll let you can have that one. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Hang on. I haven't got the bell, I'll have a Christmas bell today, so there you go, that's one. Um, yeah, and the second pub song that came to mind was Burning the Heather from Hotspot. So this mystery man, he clearly calls into a pub of sorts before he disappears. The lyric is something like, give me a drink and I'll be gone, or something like that. I can definitely have that. So those are two, those pub, are two songs. pub songs. And then Left to My Own Devices. Oh, I mean, that's the classic one, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Which is pour a drink and watch the fight. Yes. Do I get a jingle? Have oh, sorry, I haven't been giving you jingles, have I? <laughs> oh, look at that, you'd have to double one. And do you know what else? I've got one more, which yeah. is one thing leads to another. Because in that night of debauchery, yes. there's definitely some alcohol that's consumed before the, the fatal car crash. There is, there is. You, you pour a drink and start to think about... Are there others? There are a few more. Uh, the one that I've just realised when you say with devices being pour a drink and watch the fight, there's I want a lover, which uh, is yes, I don't want one. another drink or fight. Uh, Yes. So this is Neil clearly associates drinking and fighting, which is probably another sort of spirit of Christmas, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, Graham, we should go back to our chart countdown at this point. Remind me what number we're at. Number seven. Now, not a Pet Shop Boys track at all. This is The Killers, Joseph, Better You Than Me. Ah, yeah. So The Killers went through a period of releasing a Christmas track every year. And they, in fact, they compiled them all onto an album in 2016, which was Don't Waste Your Wishes. But this track, Joseph Better You Than Me, was from 2008. It's The Killers featuring Elton John and Neil Tennant. Neil's very much on there. He's got a whole verse to himself. He's on backing throughout and he gets a writing credit too. If you think about it with The Killers and Elton on there, that's two serial Pet Shop Boys collaborators, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, You'll remember, obviously, Pet Shop Boys remixed The Killers' Read My Mind in 2006. Brandon presented them with the 2009 Brit Award. And as part of that performance, of course, he sang on It's a Sin and West End Girls. 2015, Neil recorded a spoken line in Brandon's I Can Change track from his solo album. In the same year, Neil joined Brandon on stage in LA to duet on the tracks Rent and The Killer's Own Human. And then obviously in terms of live performances, 2019, Pet Shop Boys joined The Killers on stage as part of their Glastonbury headline show where they played Human and Always On My Mind. And it's a similarly large list with Elton as well. So in 1997, they duetted on an audience with Elton John and Uh, did Believe and Song for Guy. 2005, Elton put Pet Shop Boys It Doesn't Always Snow at Christmas on his Christmas compilation, Elton John's Christmas Party, which was released through Starbucks. Like you do. Yeah, (laughs) in support of the AIDS Foundation. I think Neil and Chris have done quite a bit in support of that over the years. There's the 2006 duet on In Private. Yeah. And in 2021, Pet Shop Boys plus Stuart Price produced his version of It's a Sin, which was the duet with Years and Years. Yeah, I know Pet Shop Boys were supposed to appear with Ollie and Elton at that year's Brit Awards, weren't they? Yeah. Something obviously went wrong. (laughs) Something did, didn't it? Pet Shop Boys weren't on stage. There was that obvious empty spot on the stage where they were clearly supposed to be. Now, Pet Shop Boys 
blamed contractual reasons, but I did detect that that was maybe a bit of a cover story. If you've ever watched the Elton John documentary, Tantrums and Tiaras, you'll know Elton can be a bit difficult to work with. <laughs> I think watching that documentary, that's putting it very mildly, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> and the headline that Pet Shop Boys used on their website was, it's a sad, sad situation. That's a line from Elton's, sorry seems to be the hardest word. Did wonder if that was a bit of a coded reference to maybe the real reason, you know, there's some kind of falling out of sorts. And if that was the case, wouldn't it be nice if Pet Shop Boys and Elton patched things up for Christmas? Oh, definitely so, yeah. You can't fall out at Christmas time, can you? You've got to get together. But the big question is, what's in at number six? Number six. So at number six, yeah. this is maybe a lesser known Pet Shop Boys song. This is Love Came Down at Christmas from 2021. Now, obviously we've got my big pile of Christmas cards here. Yeah. But I think as I said up front in 2013 or 2014, they moved to digital Christmas cards. This track, Love Came Down at Christmas, was actually embedded in the 2021 digital Christmas card. So Love Came Down at Christmas, that's based on the 1885 poem of the same name by the English poet Christina Rossetti. Neil described how he wrote the music to this piece himself on the piano without Chris's involvement in response to learning that BBC Radio 3, so the British classical station, was sponsoring a Christmas carol competition. He decided against submitting his composition for consideration, but there it is in the 2021 Christmas card, Love Came Down at Christmas. And they did a similar thing the following year as well. So 2022's Christmas card, that had buried in it an original Pet Shop Boys composition. Don't know what it's called. The lyrics go Christmas night, warmth and light, and then you've got Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. So if you're paying attention, two little kind of Pet Shop Boys snippets hidden away in two digital Christmas cards. Yeah, it's funny. I, I feel like I've never heard them, or at least I'd had forgotten about them. Yeah. I, mean, I wonder if I'd just got my volume on mute <laughs> when I opened them. Uh, they're really nice, though, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, they you are. Know, going back and listening to them, I would urge anyone to go and dig them out. It feels like there's another Christmas song in there somewhere, doesn't it? Perhaps maybe on the next further listening releases, we might get these in perhaps in slightly extended forms or even just in the forms that they appear on the cards. Oh, yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Graham, back to the pile of Christmas cards. Yes. And this is one that was kind of from the bilingual era. And again, it's a little bit different than a standard card. Yes, it looks like some sort of advent calendar or something. It's got lots of windows on the front of it. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So this is the Pet Shop Boys advent calendar. So every day you could open a door and get a little picture of Pet Shop Boys behind it. It looks to be kind of heavily channeling the somewhere era as well, doesn't it? It's very silver and it's got lots of very tiny writing on it. You're right. It does look somewhere-esque, doesn't it? I do like these little pictures that are on the inside though. they're kind of you can uh, see obviously I've opened them all I wonder yes. if anybody out there uh, did, oh, chose not to they open them there can't those. be there can't <laughs> be people out there that haven't have resisted the opportunity of opening the cards Blimey, well, look at that. That's a great thing, isn't it? And again, it's the effort that they've gone to to create something. Kind of a bespoke yeah. piece of design. I say the effort. The effort that Farrow have gone to, uh, yeah, presumably, yeah. To, uh, to create something like this and then get signed off and sent to print. But that's really, really nice, isn't it? And of course, from the bilingual era, that gives us another Pet Shop Boys Christmas-esque classic. It's like Christmas morning when you're a kid. Number five. A red letter day. Hey. <laughs> so I remember Neil saying that this was Bernard Sumner's kids' favourite Pet Shop Boys track, specifically because of that line alone, like Christmas morning when you're a kid. 
other than that, I admit, not so Christmassy. No, but it's a great line, isn't it? it is I do like line. that line. So Christmas morning when you were a kid, Chris. Yeah. What was your first Pet Shop Boys Christmas? My first Christmas proper would have been 1986 yeah. when I received two fantastic Pet Shop Boys presents. So firstly, Disco. Yes. Which from memory, I wasn't allowed to buy in advance when it came out because it was my mum's rule that it was too close to Christmas. Uh, yeah. Checked. It was released on the 17th of November, so that probably would fit. Yes, you, would, can't, you can't go and buy that, Graham. No, it'll have to be for Christmas. I'll have to go to Father Christmas. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't have had that, so I would have received that on Christmas Day. Yeah, I got Disco for Christmas, but I was a year later, Graham. So this was 1987 that I got Disco for Christmas. But I do remember reading that you were in good company because I think Stuart Price got Disco for Christmas in 1986, didn't he? Absolutely, yes. Before getting my own copy... I had taped it off a friend with my own homemade cassette oh, sleeve. Oh, we do, well, we do like a homemade cassette <laughs> sleeve. The second item that I got is still one of my favourite items, the television VHS. It's got one of my favourite artworks, that combination of Please, the tiny little pictures and Disco, and those clips between the videos are just great. The, of they? them appearing on foreign TV. Yeah, I just love that. And also, I didn't know this existed until I opened it on Christmas morning. Yeah, there's something about that, that naivety of yeah. those times where you... You could receive something that you really didn't know. Uh, what, it, it was what like, it was. what is this? And you look at it and it's like, wow, it's got all the videos, on, which again was still quite rare at those days. You didn't see them all the time. Fantastic item, I love that. So I got television for Christmas <laughs> too. I'm a year behind, 1987. And I agree, yeah, I've brought my own copy here. I agree with that. It's brilliant. And I've also, so this must have been Christmas 1988, show business. Yeah, I've got that as well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm back on track now because I'm, get, I'm getting that <laughs> in 1988. <laughs> I, I tell you what I remember particularly liking. It was Pet Shop Boys on television so obviously in the opening credits you have on which gives way to the larger word television and then show business it's pet shop boys in show business well if i knew that i'd completely forgotten about it i need to go and watch that again clever isn't it it? it's such brilliant titles television as a compilation of videos is just so pet shop boys and obviously show business is from the period of videos where they're doing all those costume drama type productions And, and obviously it ties up with, like you say, all those appearances on television as well, which, which are great and just add to the fantasticness of the whole thing. What's great about having the internet now is you can go back and watch the fuller versions of those performances. Right. And, you know, I've never, until maybe recent years, I've never seen some of these. So you've got the little excerpt, Before Love Comes Quickly, on television where it says, uh, now live from Los Angeles, the Pet Shop Boys, and you kind of have the camera twisting in towards the stage. You've got Neil rocking out with his microphone. So you've got Western Girls and Love Comes Quickly. Love Comes Quickly. It's not the best vocal, but it does have Ava Cherry there to help him out. So she was David Bowie's backing vocalist for the Young Americans period. So she gets to do all the high bits. They do look brilliant. Neil's kind of got his Stetson cowboy hat on. Chris has got his yellow coat and looks as cool as ever. So, you know, it's still got a lot going for it as this performance. Yeah, those are just those clips are just fantastic. Eh? It's just those little snippets which actually became almost part of the songs, really. And you, the guy in the video soul clip where he, you know, he's got, Chris is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then the guy in who's presenting Soul Train who yes. berates a member of the audience with, shut up, Louis, you don't know <laughs> nothing about no pop music. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then there's the Dutch guy who starts talking about Chris's sunglasses and it's something 
like the F up dusties. I don't know what that means in Dutch. It's just always been this, how I see those glasses now as these some sort of flip up dusties or something that he's saying. I just, I just love that whole video. It's just great. It's, uh, it's brilliant. So I mentioned show business briefly then, but Christmas 1988 was also very much the year of Pet Shop Boys annually. Yes. And I brought my copy with me, Graham. Yeah, I've got mine down here. Hang on. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I knew that this existed till I saw it. Again, a little bit like receiving television on Christmas morning. Because I was buying the NME, there wasn't really lots of Pet Shop Boys stuff, particularly the things that weren't about records. So I think for me, annually was a bit of a post-Christmas purchase. I think part of the... W.H. Smith's Christmas sell-off annuals uh, sort of stage. I vaguely remember going in, seeing them piled up and just buying a copy, but not knowing that it existed before that. I wouldn't mind a a nice, clean W.H. Smith's copy. I think mine's slightly seen better days. I wonder if that's Christmas chocolate. um... (laughs) I think mine's actually in quite good condition, actually. Maybe I've not thumbed through mine. Yeah, I might have to surreptitiously (laughs) swap mine for yours. (laughs) And the crossword as well. I think if you look at, if you look here, I only filled a few of the clues in on mine. Uh, I'm not sure if that was because I wanted to keep it in some sort of mint condition or uh, or whether it was just too hard at the time for me. Yeah, I love the crossword. I remember filling that in over Christmas, Graham. There we go. It, uh, have you filled that in in pencil? I've done it in pencil. I've been, yeah. Mine is in pencil is as well. Yeah, we were clearly uh, curators even back then that we uh, we wanted to be able to sort of keep it mint. Well, some, well I do feel I've scribbled on that now. So <laughs> I do think some people out there will have not filled in their annually crossword. <laughs> and I tell you what, I've done, Graham. You'll like this. Yeah, I've put together a brand new Pet Shop Boys Christmas crossword oh, which I'll send out on our, on our social oh, channels fantastic. Uh, for people to so when they've got a spare moment on Boxing Day then maybe they can recreate those memories of annually and have a go at a brand new crossword so shall I just fill the first four in and then think it's too hard and not do it <laughs> make sure you use a pencil <laughs> <laughs> I remember as well, Graham. This so this is page eighteen, nineteen. Um, this is a bit of an interview with Chrissier, who ran the Pet Shop Boys Information Service. So this was what they had before they launched the fan club proper in nineteen eighty nine. It was basically a quarterly stapled newsletter. Chrissier was a friend of Neil's from way back. They'd known each other since they were teenagers. In fact, they briefly went out together. And she's the lady that inspired the song, Bet She's Not Your Girlfriend. Yeah, interesting. Uh, it's written about her. She was also the person that met Neil from the station when he moved down to London. So he arrived at King's Cross, of course, with a haversack. And some trepidation. And some trepidation. <laughs> it was documented in being boring. So they lived together with other friends at a flat in Tottenham. Chrissier eventually married Eric Watson, the Pet Shop Boys. Yes. Imperial face photographer. photographer, yeah. yeah. And Neil's godfather to their son, Eugene. And he's actually one of the babies in the It's All Right video. Yeah, interesting. So that must make him in his early 30s now. But, Graham, back to the chart countdown. What number are we at? Number four. What's at number four all over the world? And what's its Christmas credentials? So, <laughs> that, that Nutcracker sample. All right, yes. Now, that's got a very clear Christmas link. Nutcracker was a... 1892 two-act classical ballet set on Christmas Eve at the foot of a Christmas tree in a child's imagination. Of course, Chris used to say back in the early days that he would write songs by channeling the spirit of Tchaikovsky. He's gone one further here. He's nicking a whole 
bit of one of Tchaikovsky's most famous riffs. They must have been working on the incredible thing around the time, so Bali must have been very much on their minds, but I'm going to say this is a bona fide Christmas song. And of course, All Over the World was part of the Christmas EP, which also contained other such Christmas moments as It Doesn't Often Snow at Christmas and their covers of Madness's My Girl and Coldplay's Viva La Vida. Not quite so Christmas in those last two. <laughs> no, maybe not. I feel as though it doesn't offer snow at Christmas. It's building a little bit of momentum here. Yeah, we haven't had it. It hasn't appeared yet, has no, it? No, no, no. And I can feel the tension. Maybe it can do it. Do you think it might be rivaling always on my mind well, for that number I one spot? Well, maybe. I don't know quite know how you work. <laughs> it's, it's, it's your arbitrary list, let's not forget. <laughs> That's right. And on the third day of Christmas, Pet Shop Boys gave to me... Number three. Graham. Yeah. It's birthday boy. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I know this is one of our favourite songs written around Christmas time. Chris, apparently in the studio, apparently picked up a newspaper. There was a story about footballer Michael Owen and it had the headline, Birthday Boy. Sure enough, I've had a look. Michael Owen's birthday is the 14th of December. I'm so glad that this has made our Christmas top three. I I love this song. So Neil thought of Jesus Christ as the birthday boy, who also happened to be this figure of martyrdom. Mm. This then led him to think of more contemporary martyr figures, so namely Stephen Lawrence, the black teenager that had been killed by racists in London, and Matthew Shepard, the young gay man who was murdered in Wyoming. Yeah, I think what Neil's doing here is he's drawing parallels between these two figures who, like Jesus, had basically died for our sins. They were young men that met tragic, violent, untimely deaths. In Neil's book, 100 Lyrics and a Poem, he said that he imagined Jesus coming back to earth on the eve of his birthday and being similarly murdered. So he was essentially dying for our sins all over again. Of course, the track's got Johnny Marr on it. And then right at the end, in another kind of blast of Christmasness, there's a sample of In the Bleak Midwinter from a recording of the choir of Clare College, Cambridge. I think for me, it's not just high point on release it's just one of the greatest songs in the catalogue they constantly do this with albums don't they they just put these songs that are just fantastic that they're not quite singles they're mm. maybe not quite album tracks they're somewhere in the middle they're just these big epic songs that you really the more that you listen to the album you just get to know and to love them and, and birthday boy for me is just one of those songs that i i, I just love that song you've got a summer birthday That's haven't right. you? Yeah. yeah so those of us that have got birthdays close to Christmas, we've always used it as an excuse that we should get a little bit more. You know, it's always been a line of, well, it could be a joint birthday uh, okay. present as well. Opens yeah. up a whole oh. new category of gift. Absolutely, yeah. And then you conveniently forget that then when your birthday actually <laughs> comes around. But I did this a few years ago when I bid and won on a, a pre-worn football shirt at an auction. Okay. I spent a little bit more than I than so, I should have done. So this was your treat to you. This is my treat to me. A, a joint birthday and Christmas present. I think it was just a, I think it was just a treat to myself really that I dressed up as a Christmas present. So I, I spent a little bit more on it than I, than I should have. Maybe not quite an original relentless final, but you know <laughs> maybe close. In light of the Freddie Mercury auction a few months ago, I was wondering what PSB items we might bid for in an auction as a cheeky little extra oh, Christmas okay. gift to ourselves. So you do see from time to time that they've made some item of memorabilia available for people to 
bid on or I never trust myself to get involved with those kind of things. The kind of money that these things go for is completely outside of my wallet. Yes. What kind of things were you thinking of? I guess Chris's suburbia and Paninaro outfits, the hat, the posh boy top, yellow coat. I suspect that they will be out of our price range. Yeah, definitely out of my price range. I I feel like you would want something small that you could display, perhaps. Not not one of the fair lights, then, or uh, something, (laughs) some piece of gear. So I'm I'm thinking something along the lines of maybe the dollar sign badge in the original Opportunities video. Something that you can see a little bit of provenance to, that you can sort of see where it was, I think. So... In that spirit, then, the dolls from the Was It Worth It sleeve. Also be on your uh, mobile as well, wouldn't uh, Yeah. What's about a book from Neil's bookshelf? So I'm thinking specifically of his copy of Trollope's Can You Forgive Her? Mm, yeah. So that was uh, obviously the inspiration for the song of the same name. Chris's Mirabol helmet that he wore on the electric tour and, and for the yeah, Thursday nice, promo. Yeah. Or even st- sticking with tour memorabilia. What about the tuning fork masks? from the Dreamworld tour, although thinking about it, they need those at the moment. I can't, can't really have those right now. <laughs> no, I feel like they're going to get a few more years' use out of those, aren't they? Yeah. But that's definitely more like it, so perhaps like the, the ventriloquist dummy from It Couldn't Happen Here. <laughs> oh, if we're talking It Couldn't Happen Here, Neil's wig. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine bidding on Neil's wig. Yeah. Or how about from the Being Boring video, The Monkey's Roller Skates? <laughs> Now, that's all I want now is a a pair of monkey roller skates, a pair of Pet Shop Boys monkey roller skates. So, Chris, we're down to two. Oh, this is it. This is it. The reveal. Which song is going to miss out on our Christmas number one? Number two. Graham, at number two, it doesn't often snow at Christmas. So that means we know what's at number one, but let's just park that for a moment. Let's focus on It Doesn't Often Snow at Christmas. So this was on the Christmas EP with the aforementioned All Over the World. Uh, entered the UK singles chart on the 26th of December uh, 2009 at number 40. Unfortunately, the Christmas chart was a week before on the 20th of December, yeah, so wonder, it missed out on that. I wonder why they, so they actually released it too late to qualify for the Christmas I chart. so, yeah. And if you remember, that was the chart where Rage Against the Machine were hyped to number one ah. to stop the X Factor win and getting to Christmas number one. Do you remember who the X Factor winner was that year? No. I know, I know you like your ITV reality music singers. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, no, I don't remember. It was Joe McEldra. Oh, wow. With The Climb. Nope, I, I don't remember that either. Another fun fact, Lady Gaga's Bad Romance was number three. On the Christmas chart. On the Christmas chart, yeah. So that's not a song you associate with Christmas either, is it? No, it's a good one, though. Yeah, it's better than either of the other two. <laughs> and, of course, the Christmas EP was their last ever Top 40 chart entry. And ever since then, Graham, we've been denied the pleasure and the sport of listening to Pet Shop Boys in a Christmas Top 40 rundown. Until now. Until now, yes, we are recreating that live. (laughs) (laughs) Now, before its appearance on the Christmas EP, you'll remember that back in 1997, Pet Shop Boys put out It Doesn't Often Snow at Christmas as a fan club only CD. Yes. And I've brought that in to show Uh... you. I mean, that's the sleeve. That's quite oh, that's cool, isn't a, it? Crack, is that actually the sleeve? Oh, yeah, it's, it's just effectively a silver bubble-wrapped envelope, really, isn't it? Yeah, it looks quite Christmassy. Oh. And then you've got the disc, so that's the oh. CD. Oh, 
Oh, wow. Not quite nice. That. Yeah, I've not actually seen that before. I, I was getting it out expecting that CD to have degraded a bit, yeah, but it no, looks, looks as so, looks okay, right. doesn't it? So do you remember receiving that? Did you know that you were getting a CD when it arrived? No, no, no I don't think so. It just appeared and suddenly there you were with a brand new Pet Shop Boys song. Oh, that's great, isn't it? That's a nice piece of kit, isn't it? I like that. And do you remember a few years after they sent this to the fan club members, they performed the track on TFI Friday. So they were yes. in- introduced by Elton. He was hosting the show for some reason that week. They had a full schoolboy choir with them. Neil did a live vocal. Yes, did, yes. But Chris is the highlight. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> so he's dressed as Wizards Roy Wood <laughs> in full Father Christmas regalia. Yeah. I, I did wonder if it might be Trevor it, Simon it, again, it, but it's definitely him, isn't it? it? It's definitely got Trevor and Simon vibes, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great performance, and I, I can remember watching that, because even then, you'd not really heard that song very much. It wasn't quite that easy to get hold of, especially if you were too cool like me and not a member of the fan club. You didn't have it easily accessible, so to actually hear it and it being performed was great. <laughs> So it's the big one. Yep. It's the first day of Christmas. Our Neil and Christmas number one is... So we definitely need Bruno's help at this point. I'm I'm back in the car outside Mr Dobbs' pizza place in Halifax. Yeah, I think from memory I'm running home to try and hear a radio in time. But enough of us, Graham. Let's hand over to the maestro and Mr Bruno Brooks. Shaking Stevens, what do you want to make those eyes at me for? At nine, it's down four. If it's a power and China in your hands. At number eight, it climbs 11 places. Belinda Carlisle, heaven, it's a place on earth. At seven, it climbs 13 places. Nat King Cole, would I fall in love? At six, it's down three. Michael Jackson, the way you make me feel. And at number five, it's down one. Alison Moyet with love letters. At number four, it's down two. Rick Astley, when I fall in love. And at number three, it climbs three. Mel and Kim rocking around the Christmas tree. At number two, it climbs one place with the Pogues and Kirsten McCall with Fairytale of New York, which means that the Pet Shop Boys remain number one for Christmas 1987. <laughs> I, I genuinely got the shivers then. Oh, it's just brilliant, isn't it? I, I can't believe that you found the audio for that. It's just... I mean, there will be so many people listening to this that, again, haven't heard that for, what is it, 35, 36 years? Just how good does it still sound? I mean, we talk a lot about obscure B-sides and remixes, but this song really is a perfect four-minute pop song, isn't it? Oh, it's fantastic. It still sounds fantastic today. Yeah, so originally produced and performed on Love Me Tender, which was a, a television special on ITV, which was created to commemorate the 10th anniversary of Elvis Presley's death. The programme featured various popular acts of the time performing cover versions of his songs. Pet Shop Boys one was so well received that they decided to record it and release it as a single. I must say we heard that the Pogues were number two there. I do remember rock fans being slightly aggrieved that Pet Shop Boys had beaten the Pogues to number one. I think there was some feeling that the Pogues track was the authentic song and Pet Shop Boys was the pop throwaway bits, the pop v rock wars all over all again, over isn't again. it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I think there's always been this myth that 
Fairy Tale of New York is the authentic Christmas song. I think people want to refer to it as a Christmas number one or as a great Christmas single, but there's always this nagging element in people that actually didn't really get to number one because it was beaten by a, well, frankly, better song. Yeah, that's right. And always on my mind is held in high esteem by the public. It wins those polls of the nation's favourite cover version, etc. And I do think if there was a national referendum and you could only keep one, I'm absolutely sure that always on my mind would win the day. Well, I'd certainly keep that over that as well. But Graham, what I'm really wanting to do now yeah. is get back to your 1987 diary to see what the 17-year-old you made of all of this. Oh, well, let's go back a little bit first. So Saturday, 19th of December. Okay. Got up, work at 7.45. Yes. I think I was supposed to start at 7.30, but we've lost <laughs> over that. Uh, afterwards went to Leeds, but always on my mind, remix. Oh, so you'd, you'd already got the cassette. I've got the cassette. And then you've got the, now you've got the 12-inch remix. So the 12-inch remix must have been out, yeah. And of course, this 12-inch remix will have been key to getting those extra sales to get Pet Shop Boys to number one. You know, I bet Fairy Tale of New York didn't have a house remix. <laughs> <laughs> but it should have done, though. It maybe should have done, yeah. <laughs> they missed a trick there. <laughs> of course, When I Fall in Love, so Rick's song, that wasn't exactly remix material, but let's not forget it was a double A side with the track My Arms Keep Missing You, and that had remixes galore. There's kind of a huge irony there, isn't there, that the 12-inch remix of Always On My Mind was done by Phil Harding. Ah, yes. And now he, he, he was Stock Aiken and Waterman's in-house engineer and mixer, so it was Rick's own team that arguably helped to keep him off number one. <laughs> <laughs> so that's two reasons why he looked cross with Neil on going live. That's right. Yeah. yeah. One is that Pet Shop Boys Record Company had, had re-released the same song. That's right. And that his own team were remixing the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, it, it's not that... Uh, <laughs> He just had to get up early on a Saturday morning. He, he then had to have Neil sit there and silently rub those two facts in his face. So there's another couple of entries here. So the big day itself, Sunday the 20th of December. Now, in big green capital letters, I've written Pet Shop Boys Xmas number one. And in slightly smaller capital yeah. letters underneath, I've written as predicted. <laughs> Even though no one else is going to read your diary other than you, no, you, no, you, no. you, you still got that kind of self, <laughs> self-satisfied. <laughs> yes, yeah, prove it to myself. So next entry, Tuesday 29th of December. Okay. Went to Leeds, bought Gobby's 18th birthday present. Gobby. Yeah, he won't thank me for that. He's, he doesn't <laughs> go by that name anymore. And I know that he'll be listening. So, uh, <laughs> But I won't say his real name so that people don't realise that was his nickname back then. Uh, so I bought his 18th birthday present. Two CDs, mm. uh, a David Bowie CD, which I can't remember. I've not listed that, so I don't know which CD that oh, is. I've denied that piece of information. Uh, yes, I know. And secondly... Pet Shop Boys CD single. So I was now buying this CD for other people Very to keep good. it at number one. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you were entirely responsible for keeping it at number yeah, one. Yeah, well, that ensured another week at number one. <laughs> you've, you've done a good job there. <laughs> I know. I'm just impressed Gobby had a CD player. Yeah, he was the only one of us that had one. He's ahead of his time. Oh, he was very much ahead of his time, yeah. <laughs> I think for a long time, the CD single of Always On My Mind was the best-selling CD single ever. This is 1987, <laughs> isn't it? There's probably not a lot of CD singles. And, and the Christmas single probably does sell more than any others, I would have thought. Yeah. Uh, now, I'm afraid I must have been a hard-up 12-year-old because I resorted initially to only borrowing the 7-inch single from, from my friend Simon. <laughs> at, at, at least you weren't getting it taped by some sort of dodgy <laughs> record shop owner. <laughs> We, we shouldn't walk past either. We talked about the remixes. We talked about how brilliant the single itself is. Do I have to? An amazing B-side as well yeah, to it's boot. it's great, isn't it? Yeah, no, it's great. 
And of course, they had those brilliant double sleeves as well, both 7-inch and 12-inch. Some of the versions, if you pull out those inner sleeve, they have those brilliant full-colour photos from the It Couldn't Happen Here sessions. Yeah, I don't have those versions. (sighs) They were the ones I didn't get. Right, well, I think we've waited long enough, so it must be gift opening time. Now, if I look disappointed, it's because I'm secretly hoping for a pair of (laughs) monkey roller skates. Well, I would be disappointed (laughs) that you are going to be disappointed. All the way through this recording, Graham, staring right at me is quite a sizable rectangular gift with my name on it under under your Christmas tree. Well, the trouble that I have, of course, is what do you buy the Pet Shop Boys fan who has everything as we went through during the archive episode and bearing in mind that the only two items that you don't have are the electric box and (laughs) and the yes box. Is that what it... They were slightly out of our price range. Right, well... So I sort of thought that I would try and get you something that documented our journey. I've, from the spirit of making my own record sleeves, I've made you... Wow, uh, I love that. It's a graphical history of the podcast today. Big framed infographic. (laughs) So it's got the in-depth logo, inspired by Faro. And then it's got a logo for each of the episodes. It's got all of our brilliant stats in terms of how many listens that we've uh, had, etc., which I won't bore people with. And my favourite bit, it's got some of the nice reviews that people have posted online on there as well. Uh, and the, the title, the number one Pet Shop Boys fan podcast, which of course we are because we're the only <laughs> I think that's Pet Shop it, yeah. Boys fan podcast. We've had so many nice comments that people have sent us. So I wanted to kind of try and document some of those. So I pulled them together and included them in there. People have been so kind in feeding back to us really nice things, which massively appreciated because we are just two blokes winging a podcast really at the end of the day. And we've got them for, for all time because uh, they, they do mean a lot when people sort of take the time to write a review. So we do appreciate that. Yeah, uh, That's a great document. Thank you very much. Right. Right, so there's an order to these. All right, okay, right. So, as we know, you were too cool to be a member of the fan club, so (laughs) I thought I'd try and recreate some of what you've missed. Oh, wow. So this is gift one. So this is gift one. Oh, oh my word. This is my very own copy of Literally. Look at this. This feels like the start of a collection, doesn't it? Exactly. I thought you might uh, enjoy the pleasure that came with o- opening a Literally magazine oh, for the well, first time. Oh, no, definitely, yeah. So when you renewed your subscription for Literally, not only did you get an edition of Literally through the post, you also got an accompanying renewal gift. Oh, Oh, look at this. Now you recognise that. I do recognise that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's some Go West badges. Go West, it's some, from 1993, original promotion. Original promo badges. That's fantastic. And they look great as a as set a as well. Yeah, as a pair, yeah. So that's good. And then what would happen next is you would wait another few months and then suddenly through your door would drop another similarly shaped package. Oh. So you used to get this. How many times a year did you used to get parcels like this? Well, I I think they were supposed to be three times a year, but that kind of waned as the years went on. Oh! (laughs) Hey! Issue 37! Oh, I feel like I'm there now. That's right. I'm in the club. 
So for series three, when I'm suddenly very, very knowledgeable <laughs> about everything, it's because I've started collecting literallys. So Chris, I've got another surprise for you. Okay. Hidden behind my tree, I've been in touch with the PSB elves and they have very kindly sent us a Christmas parcel by very special delivery. Oh, you mean you've been hassling people? Now, Chris, <laughs> <laughs> you know those elves never let light in on the Christmas magic. <laughs> so I'll let, me get, let me bring it over, hang on. Okay, so this is a cardboard box. Well, it's a beautifully delivered cardboard box with packing notices on it. <laughs> Right, well, I'm hopeful for some monkey roller skates. I think the size of this box, it's not going to be roller skates. Shall I yeah, open it? Do the honours. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm not doing this very subtly. They have very, very kindly sent us two of each of the Christmas merch. Uh, oh, okay, good. So we've got two jigsaws. Yeah, great. I'm glad. I am glad there were two of there's two of everything. I was getting slightly worried. Two packs of the wrapping paper. Yeah. And two of these really nice folders with all the Christmas cards in. Oh, that's, that's very kind. So that's very nice, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you can actually just put those Christmas cards straight in your bag with all your other Christmas that's cards. Right. Straight away to be filed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll do that. I do like these wallets. It's the old 1984 logo, isn't it? I'm really glad to see they've brought that back. I've always loved that. I think they actually designed that themselves, Neil and Chris, with Excel before they started using Faro for the design. It actually looks really retro, but actually looks really cool as well. Yes, yeah, so it uses the old logo and then underneath it, it's since 1984. And I suspect we're going to be seeing quite a bit more of that next year when we've got the new album. And of course, it'll be that 40th anniversary as well. So I do wonder where that logo might be cropping up again. I suspect there'll be lots of 40th anniversary merch as well that it will be accompanied with. What else would you be in the market for? I've always fancied a Pet Shop Boys tea towel. Tea towel, oven gloves. Oven uh, gloves. I think that's really tapping into our <laughs> demographic, isn't it? Yeah. You see, you've already got a mouse mat, haven't you? Because <laughs> I'm not in the fan club. A nice mouse mat would be nice. Maybe instead of a baseball cap, we need a flat caps. Yes. <laughs> Walking sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon, Graham, that's episode 14 sorted. A jigsaw race. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah. It's not going to make great audio, though, is it? <laughs> well, I think we should say thank you to all those PSB elves that helped out with that and uh, wish everybody at Pet Shop Boys HQ uh, a Merry Christmas as well. I've got a bit of a theory about Always On My Mind, Graham. I think it's the die hard of Christmas songs. So you know how obviously there's kind of ongoing debate as to is die hard really a Christmas film and you're kind of in one camp or the other. I think you can kind of have a similar debate about Always On My Mind. Clearly it hasn't got the trappings of a stereotypical Christmas song, but it does for me embody the spirit of Christmas. And I think Pet Shop Boys fans all over the world will associate it in some part with Christmas. I definitely associate it with Christmas, obviously what we've talked about today, but uh, it, it is 1987 for me. It's that culmination of that year. It's definitely a Christmas song for me. Kind, kind of like Frankie Goes to Hollywood, 
Power of Love or E17 Stay Another Day. Yeah, well, at least Frankie Frankie made a nativity-themed video, oh, didn't they? And, uh, and Stay Another Day has got sleigh bells on it, hasn't and, it? And big coats. And big coats, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not going to make... Now that's what I call Christmas, though, is it? I no, think. I, I, I guess that's fair. It should do, though. But I've always thought, wouldn't it be brilliant if Neil and Chris produced a full-on Christmas version of Always On My Mind? So I'm thinking sleigh bells children's choir it demands that full christmas production Ah, and you know what it's the 40th anniversary next year let's get them back to christmas number one no that's a great idea i think we should definitely try and make that happen i think we should start a rage against the machine style campaign right now yeah and if we're serious about it serious about that number one spot should they perform it as a duet Mm. so always on my mind pet shop boys featuring whoever so i've got some ideas graham here okay i'll call i'll call them out and you give me your gut reaction your instant opinion what about always on my mind pet shop boys featuring Bruce Springsteen. Wow, <laughs> wow, you've you've gone big I've to gone start big. with. I like it, but it's not that unlikely. Yeah. So obviously, Pet Shop Boys covered his "The Last to Die" track. We know Bruce is a fan, so he played "The Last to Die" Pet Shop Boys version and "Go West" on his radio show. He's a massive Elvis fan, and his version of "Santa Claus is Coming to Town" is a Christmas staple. So he loves the Pet Shop Boys. He loves Elvis. He loves Christmas. He'd be well up for it. I mean, I'm now just thinking that that is already happening. I mean, I love Santa Claus is Coming to Town. That's one of my top three Christmas songs. I love The Last to Die. That's up there with like Birthday Boy as one of those songs on the album that are just great. Right. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm there for that. Definitely. Yeah. Well, well, get him on the line. (laughs) Hold that thought. Okay. What about Always On My Mind, Pet Shop Boys featuring... Michael Bublé. (laughs) (laughs) So, Bublé, the king of Christmas, he's already recorded his own version of Always On My Mind, so we know he loves the song. That's my second pitch to you. I mean, that Bublé album is the soundtrack of Christmas in our house. It just gets played solidly from November onwards. (laughs) uh, I'm happy with a Bublé collaboration, definitely. And if we're talking of artists who have already recorded Always On My Mind... yeah. Pet Shop Boys featuring Susan Boyle. <laughs> You've got to let this go. <laughs> Let's revive the collaboration which never happened. <laughs> I'm less enthused okay. at that, but I, I know that it would be big in your just, household. Just let that kind I'll, of ferment. I'll just let it ferment. I'm, 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 I've got my eyes shut and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm Jules Holland's hooting on it. Yeah, I'm seeing them there. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I've got there. If they really want that number one spot, what about... Pet Shop Boys featuring Lad Baby. Right, So okay. they've had the last five consecutive Christmas number ones. Yeah. Do we think Pet Shop Boys are above that? Well, they're having a year off, aren't they? Lad Baby from releasing a song this year, so maybe they might want the comeback as well. So they, they might be one year from being number one. I'm sure they'd be yeah. up for doing it. Yeah, I collided with them in Soho once, running around the corner. <laughs> I nearly took them out. They were pushing a pram at a time. And did you recognise them? Yeah, I did, yeah. It's quite worrying. They, they do look exactly like oh, they golly. look. It's quite, uh, quite bizarre. So one man that wasn't too cool to work with Lad Baby, of course, was Elton John. His sausage rolls for everyone. Could he be another contender? Pet Shop Boys featuring Elton John. They'd have patched things up for Christmas. Of course, he's another Christmas stalwart with his Step Into Christmas song. So he's a known collaborator. He loves Christmas. Is he another contender? I I think he is, actually. Yeah, I think the more I think about it, I could see that happening as well. Someone else we've already mentioned, The Killers. 
Pet Shop Boys featuring the Killers playing Always On My Mind. They all know the song. They've got the arrangement waiting because they performed it together at Glastonbury. Is that a potential candidate? We've established that the Killers love a Christmas single themselves. Maybe not quite big enough name to push it to number one at Christmas time. I think you might. I think we might need to go somewhere a little bit bigger. You than want that. me to go bigger? Okay, oh, bigger than the killers. Bigger than the killers. Yeah. I think. So, what about with the help of AI? Mm-hmm. What about we extract the vocal of Elvis Presley himself? Oh, <laughs> now then. Pet Shop Boys featuring Elvis Presley. Now they'd have to do a bit of jiggery pokery to get him in the right key and at the right speed, <laughs> but. Do you think Elvis's estate would allow him to duet on a brand new Pet Shop Boys version oh, of Always no. On My Mind? You'd think so. I mean, they seem to be fairly lax with letting anybody cover it. If they let him cover it in the first place, then maybe they would. Because I definitely see that working. Okay, yeah. so I've redeemed myself. So you've redeemed yourself there, yeah. Now I can see Elvis, yeah, being number one. Do you know what, though? Maybe it's been staring us in the face all this time. Christmas 2024. Okay. Always On My Mind. The full Christmas production. Yeah, okay, yeah. Pet Shop Boys featuring... Yeah. Rick Astley. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now now we're talking. (laughs) Let's make it happen. Oh, I think we can possibly ourselves make that one happen. (laughs) Yes, yes, and maybe Rick can redeem himself as well. Yeah, there's some redemption there for everyone. Which is a Christmas story in itself. Uh, It is a Christmas story, yeah. I think we should get onto the record company now. In fact, I'm I'm dialing as we speak. Pet Show Boys In Debt is an independent podcast written and produced by Sykes Payne for 1419 with music where not otherwise credited by Paul Jackson. Each episode we've been calling out and thanking some of our supporters who've kindly helped us to cover recording and hosting costs. So huge thanks to Rickart van den Elhart, Christian B. Knudsen, Ice Jones and Jens Burke. We're going away for a little while, so make sure you follow us on X at In-Depth PSP Pod or via our Facebook page for extra content and to be the first to hear about new episodes. You can help keep these podcasts ad-free by buying one of our exclusive In-Depth Podcast t-shirts. You'll find the link in the podcast information or on our socials. And if you haven't already, please hit follow or subscribe, or we'd love it if you wrote us a review. So we should finish by saying a big thank you to all our listeners. Indeed, yes. So Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Boys and always on my mind is Christmas number one for 1987. And if you've lost your bet, pay up. Come on, quick. Who predicted the Christmas top three? Well, we'll be sending the top 40 singles to the winner, whose name shall be revealed in about 10 minutes' time during the start of Annie's show. Uh, now, there is a top 40 next week, and if you'd like to predict the top three, then stick your predictions on a postcard and send it with your name and address to Top 3 Forecast, BBC Radio 1, London, W1A, 4WW. Uh, good luck, and uh, Thanks for listening. The Top 40 was computer compiled by Gallup. A happy Christmas to them. And a happy Christmas also to the show's producer this week, Mick Vilkoich. I'm Bruno Brooks, back on your radio again tomorrow at 5.45. Whatever you're doing tonight, then have a nice night.